turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. You're accurate with the forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD with a public service announcement. <laughs> Pulling out of Afghanistan. And Joe Biden says it's not another uh, Vietnam. Uh, and, of course, it's not another Korea, even though we pulled out of those places without winning the war. So we've spent 20 years and, what, a trillion dollars? And what are we doing? We're and, how many, and how many lives? Yeah. Well, we've only lost about two or 3,000 lives of our own. Um, who knows how many Afghanistans yeah. have been killed? And uh, we've got about 20,000 injuries. And, of course, we've got the Wounded Warrior Project, project and the Tunnel to Towers to help these folks out. But, uh, you know, of course, we hate to see any loss of life, but when we put it into the perspective of the size of the country and the good that it's done, I mean, it's far less damage than was done by 9-11 when, what, 2,500, 3,000 people were killed. So uh, that, that, to me, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame. And Ken, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Colonialism has ended way too early. These countries are not ready to rule themselves. They're still too tribal. They're still primitive. They're still corrupt. And they need uh, English American style uh, uh, organization and justice systems and military. And look at the places where we've stayed, Ken. We stayed in South Korea. It's a first world country. We stayed in Japan. It's a first world country. We left Vietnam. It's still a third world country. We, I mean, you know, everywhere we went, we left and stayed. We left uh, prosperity. We left law. We left order. Uh, something, something's not right with this. I mean, we stayed in Germany, and the Germans are doing really well now. Uh, what, what are we supposed to do here? What, what's, what's our mission? Why do we go into these countries? Well, I think we went in initially to get Osama bin Laden, and then when he, we got him, we didn't know what to do with it. Well, I think that we also went in there to end uh, al-Qaeda's involvement and to stop the Taliban from taking over the country and implementing this this primitive uh, medieval Sharia law and to free women and children and to implement education and uh, law and justice to help them rebuild their infrastructure. And all that's gone by the by now. In the city of Biden, oh, my gosh. He said this is not going to be a Vietnam-style withdrawal with uh, people being airlifted off of the embassy. Route. Yeah. Remember <laughs> that, like, yeah. And, but guess what? <laughs> it is. That's exactly what's happening. And the press is not going to report it because they don't want to make Biden look bad. But uh, The Guardian, which is the liberal English newspaper that we also have published here in the United States, has commented on that and – you know, they say he's uh, he's got a mess. He's in a conundrum. And, of course, he's trying to blame Trump. But Trump said we're not pulling out and we're going to pull out, but we're not pulling out until we're sure that the Taliban have been neutralized, which 
by the way, hasn't happened. Now the Chinese are falling into the same trap. The Taliban are telling them, oh, yeah, we'll work with you and we'll do this and we'll do that. And we'll separate from Al Qaeda and we'll separate from the terrorists that are that are attacking your Western province, Xinjiang, which we talked about last week. But that's not going to happen, Ken. No, because they want the Taliban. They want to take over the world. Oh, that, well, yeah, I mean, that, they, that's their basic goal is that make everybody Muslim. Well, yeah, I mean, then you can have all the women to yourself. <laughs> Especially when I mean, you die. My goodness, you get like 72 of them, don't you? Yeah, and, and you know what? If you don't like somebody, you just kill them. That's right. I told you about my friend who worked in the emergency room. He was uh, an Iraqi from Baghdad, doctor, years ago. Nice guy. We had a good time together. Brought his wife over here, got her a Ph.D., had a couple of kids with her, she ran off with some other guy and divorced him, left him with the kids. And, of course, in Florida, it's a it's a you know, it's a common law, you know, not a common law, but a, 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 an equity state. So each partner gets half of the of the estate that you amass. So if you've saved one hundred thousand dollars while you were married, even if ninety thousand of it was what you earned and ten thousand what she earned, everybody gets fifty thousand. So he not only lost his wife. After educating her, he lost half of his income and his savings. He had to pay child support or alimony or whatever. And I said, welcome to America. And he said, you know what? If I were in Baghdad, I would have shot her and him, and nobody exactly. would have said a word. That's right. See, it's a whole different, whole different of- rules. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. This is just – it's criminal. And uh, it's a waste of American money, American lives, uh, American time that we have done so much in Afghanistan and we had gone so far to uh, neutralize and contain the Taliban. And here they come again, along with Al Qaeda and Al Qaeda. That's who blew up our two big buildings, our two iconic buildings, the World Trade Center. Uh, I heard a guy out in San Francisco shortly after that. We were on our way out to... uh, uh, to Alcatraz, uh, which means uh, Pelican Island in, in Spanish, Alcatraz, uh, where the old federal prison was that Kennedy closed down back in the 1960s, and it's still a tourist hotspot. And so we were talking, and I'm talking to this guy from, from the West Coast, and he said, who needs those big old buildings anyway? What's the big deal? I'm thinking, dude, this was, you know, this was like a, a, the United States flag. This is, they were icons of our our success, our technology. And I don't know if you ever went to the top of the World Trade Center, but I was up there a few times. It was pretty impressive when you look out there and you see the Statue of Liberty in New York Harbor. It, it was something to see. And I'm really sad that, that, that when we went up there five weeks after and they were still hauling out debris, we finally worked our way around to a point where there were no police and we could see down into it. And Ken, I just started crying. I mean, it was it it was so emotional for me because even though I had been a liberal in my youth, you know, a lot of kids, hippie thing and all that, still it meant so much to me as an American. And I can't believe people, half the country could care less. They're like, good, get rid of them. They're unnecessary, oversized buildings anyway. They're an eyesore. Hey, we got a guy on the phone who was there. When did it happen? Captain, you do? Captain's on the phone. Oh, you go. Hey, put him on. Let's see. Captain, you there? Yeah, I'm right here. All right, buddy. Uh, there you are. 
I don't Thank necessarily you. want to talk about the World Trade Center just yet because I'm going to be doing a lot of that the week of September 11th. But i got to give everybody an update on what's going on in Afghanistan. I've been glued to my military channel since the beginning of this extraction. Now, let's get the terminology right. We are extracting Americans out of Afghanistan. It's not just our American embassy. We've got two to 3,000 American contractors that are literally cut off in parts of the country. Nobody's talking about that because we don't want the Taliban to know that we've got people holed up that they might be able to get their hands on. So yep. the reason they send in some extra troops over the weekend is they're going to those positions to extract them out. And if they have to shoot their way literally out of where they're at, then that's what they're going to do. Those happen yep. to be their orders. It's not just to fire if you're fired upon. Now, there's a little bit more to this, too. The aircraft that I heard being used this morning were CH-60 Air Stallions. Those were retired by the Marine Corps. So that tells me we have private contractors involved in this. Well, I believe that, you know, it's, uh, it's certainly uh, that, that's in the news, too, by the way, uh, Captain, that we're trying to get out our, our private contractors. So you're right. There are private contractors that are going in to do some of our fighting. I mean, that's not unusual. We've had private contractors uh, with us doing uh, military type uh, combat type missions. But, uh, you know, why not send our troops in, too? I think that's necessary. Well, we've already jacked the troop level up to 5,000 troops. We've already got uh, at least a battalion on the ground of Marines around the airport there in, in Kabul. But I don't know if you heard this or not. They actually are inside the city limits of Kabul trying to fight their way. And uh, they're, what they're trying to do is cut off the embassy to make that into a situation. They want the government, uh, as of this morning, they wanted the Afghan government to unconditionally surrender. Yes, I know. And the first thing they'll do is kill them all. That's right. And that's what they've been doing, Dr. Bill. Uh, people are not reporting accurately upon this. I, I hate to even mention it on the air because it's disgusting. But when they get the women and children out there that have been westernized and aren't covered up with a burqa, they just line them up and mow them down, period. Yes, they will. And they'll re-implement the, the public killings in the stadium and the soccer stadium. And uh, they'll... Yes, they'll 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 just they'll just uh, revert they'll just digress back into the tribalism and the the barbaric medieval uh, uh, assaults and rapes and murders and beatings that they carried on for centuries. Anyway, you know when they had a king, when they had a king, they had a, a, a shah. He kept that country in peace for as long as he was in power. Yeah, now, that's true. The city. I just want to add one thing, and I, I don't want to steal any more of your airways here. Uh, September 11th, we just got a big black guy thrown on the uh, survivors of the black of, uh, of that event that day, the first responders. Uh, I've been invited every year for 19 years to attend the ceremony. This year, I didn't get an invitation. Neither did anybody else on the 20th year. Uh, they're just going to have the immediate members of the families that died there. I get that. I understand that. But you should at least invite the guys that gave of themselves to uh, uh, go there and do what needed to be done, trying to uh, save other people and re and retrieve the remains. Well, I agree with you. This is probably coming from the top, from the administration, that they want to downplay all of this and start putting it behind us. And Biden even said that, you know, that's 20 years ago. That's past history, and it's time to move on. No, it isn't. <laughs> it absolutely yeah. is not. That's like saying, yeah, let's follow forget. Me, follow me around the week of September 11th, and I'll show you it hasn't been forgotten. Listen, Dr. Bill, you have yourself a great day, and a good show as always, and I'll be listening.
Thanks, Captain. Appreciate you calling in, buddy. We always love to have you. So at any rate, uh, Ken, I'm not going to stay on my soapbox too long on this, but we have got to, I mean, we've got to speak out and stand up. And hopefully, I hope you're right, Ken. I hope that the the, the midterm will turn this around with the House and the Senate turning Republican. But we've even got Republicans that are, that are, falling into these uh, these silly traps and saying, yeah, it's time to go home, or yeah, we need these infrastructure bills, even if there's a lot of pork in it. So I don't know. I mean, uh, we'll take control. And we'll get the House. I'm confident the House and pretty confident the Senate, too. Well, I, I hope so. But, you know, the, the most important thing is if they do get it, do something. Well, yeah. Don't just sit but on it your... Won't be. It'll, be just, it'll just be gridlock again. You've well, got a Democratic president, Republican... House and Senate, it's gridlock. Nothing's going to get done. Well, at least we won't have some of these ultra-liberal bills being passed. Uh, you know, they won't get to Biden's desk. So that's, that's true. A, yeah. That's, that's one good thing. And if we can turn the, the White House around in, in 24, we may have a chance. But, Ken, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I'm afraid we're headed to a civil war. I hate to see it, but I, I just— uh, an, an actual physical hot civil war, you really think so? I think it's very possible. I really do. By the way, did you hear that a federal judge uh, reversed the Biden administration's uh, policy to revive uh, and, and demanded that that they, the federal government revive the Trump policy that forces immigrants to wait in Mexico? Very good uh, idea to stay there, yes. While they're seeking asylum. Mm-hmm. And so he's given – this is Judge Matthew Kazmarek in, in Amarillo, Texas. So he's given the uh, the federal government seven days to appeal the ruling – uh, but, uh, you know, I don't see that the Supreme Court, uh, they'll uphold this for sure. I mean, this this was uh, policy and law. Uh, what are you going to do? You're going to have a dictator sitting up there in the White House? Isn't that why we rebelled against England? We didn't want to be dictated to? That's correct, or, sir. Or was I sleeping? No, I think, I think you're right there. His name was I King was, George, wasn't it? I think it was King George. King George in Parliament, you yeah. know. And he had packed Parliament with his with his people. You know, he was quite a politician. He was out getting people to vote for for the lords of the house or, or the lords of the of the upper house uh, that were in favor of his bidding and his policy. So at any rate, and so and guess what the press is saying now? The liberal press are saying these poor people that are being kept on the Mexican side of the border are living in tents. Oh my God! In the middle of the summer. They're living in tents, but up here they're living in cages. So, I don't know. so take the tents, yeah. I would live in a tent over a cage, absolutely. I don't know. I'm telling you, world's going crazy, Doc. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. Speaking of which, uh, so I was telling everybody before the show that was uh, tuning in on Facebook and YouTube, and we're streaming live a little bit early. Uh, when we're doing the radio show, we're on a, a certain time uh, frame, and I can't really go on the air until Ken says I can go on there. So they don't say Haynes until Ken says they say Haynes. <laughs> so uh, at any rate, Friday I went and I had the Eurolift procedure, and I wanted to explain that to everybody because I think it's important. And, and gals, it's not only important for the guys, but you need to know this for your men too because – a lot of us are getting older, and you know, your older pets you have to take care of us. Uh, our <laughs> urination, our stream starts slowing down, we get hesitancy, we dribble, 
we're up at night, and 99% of the time, that's an enlarged prostate gland. You say, well, what the heck is a prostate gland? The prostate gland, and now listen, we can't say, this is not about sex, so Barb, you, you just leave us alone. I don't want you calling Ken or me into the office. <laughs> this is about excretion of waste products. Okay, so Ken, don't let her give us a hard time, okay? Oh, I'll, I'll do what I can, Doc. <laughs> All right, I know she's a tough one. She said I'm not supposed to talk about sex. Okay, we're talking about the male genitalia that excretes urine. Okay, so the prostate gland saddles the urethra. The urethra is the tube that goes from the bladder out to the outside world. In men, it goes through the, the penis, and in women, it's a little shorter because they don't have a penis. So at any rate, in men, you got this prostate gland, which secretes a lot of uh, mucus-like material, which helps the spermatozoa survive as they make the journey through the female uh, sexual tract and try to impregnate the eggs and make babies, which, of course, we're not supposed to talk about either because we're not making babies anymore. We're importing them from Mexico and Central America, which is kind of stupid. I mean, you know, another industry we're, we're farming out to foreigners. I don't understand it, Ken. I just don't get it. But at any rate... So we're doing this, and uh, so as we get older, the prostate tends to enlarge, and as it enlarges, it can squish the little tube that goes from your bladder out to the outside world where the urine comes out. Well, guess what? It can be a big problem. If it can block, sure. It can block your urine outflow. It can cause bladder and kidney damage. It can cause pain and discomfort. And keep you up all night, and you're talking to somebody your wife hasn't seen or heard from in months. Come on, hurry up, let's go. I want to get back to bed. So, you know, <laughs> so uh, and, and who wants that unnecessary conversation in the middle of the night? Not in the, me. In the bathroom, right? In the bathroom alone. Alone, exactly. <laughs> and it's cold. My feet are cold. And so, at any rate. They've got this new procedure out. Now, we've had this transurethral uh, prostatic resection for decades. In the old days, we did it with, uh, with knives, and now we do it with lasers. And you would actually go in and you'd cut out some of the tissue that was blocking the, uh, the urethral tube. But uh, we've got newer procedures. We have a steam procedure where you can go in and actually steam heat the prostate and shriek it. And for a while, they had an electrocautery one where you could put little needles in it. So, but this is, this is really cool. This is neat technology. You know, those little uh, wall toggles that you, that you put into the wall to hang things on, you know, they're, they're kind of pinched together. They're two wings. And when you put them through, they open up. Sure. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is similar to that. So what it is, is it's a, and I've got a picture of it, uh, of the mechanism on for Facebook and YouTube and I'll bend out of the way. And so everybody can see what it is. There's a gun-like uh, mechanism. It's, it's, it's a hollow tube. It's like a rigid cystoscope, and a cystoscope is a scope that goes through the urethra, and you can see into the bladder. You can see the prostate, and you can you know, look around and do different things. And then it deploys with a, this really cool little needle that is uh, made out of uh, titanium and nickel. And I think the guy that invented this titanium and nickel actually was invented by naval uh, I think by the Naval Ordnance people, but uh, it's it got a popular use as uh, a needle to stick into the cork of a wine bottle, so you can get wine out and then pull it out, and it won't it won't unseal the cork. 
So then you can put your wine bottle back in your wine cellar if you're that rich. If not, you just stick it in the refrigerator and it'll last longer. So at any rate, this needle is easily bent and yet will hold its position and it's hollow. And so it goes through the prostate medial from the from the midline to the, the lateral side. And once you get outside the prostate capsule, remember I told you about a lot of the organs in the body having capsules around them like nylon uh, sheathing around them. Once you get through that, then this little thing deploys, uh, you know, kind of bends so that it's, uh, it's uh, parallel to the uh, the prostate capsule, just like a toggle bolt, bolt is when it unflips and you know, opens its wings. And then it's got a little string on it, a little thread, and you pull that back out. And the other end, there's another little clip. And so then they come together and you take, you take your thread and your string and you pull it a little bit. And it, it's got a little pincher mechanism and you can tighten it up and you do that on both sides. And so you, you may have to deploy two to three of these on each side. Not, not cheap either, Ken, not cheap at all. The average cost for this procedure, just for the equipment, is five grand. Whoa. $5,000. But it's been approved by Medicare and by most of the major insurances after you try everything else. You know, you got to take the medications that's supposed to shrink the prostate and relax the muscles around the urethra and all that. And, of course, I've done all that, and uh, I really haven't had the, the benefit that I, I wanted or should have so my urologist uh, said all right we're doing it baby now i got to tell you about this and i don't want anybody to get scared because it's really not that bad it it, it was fairly painless you you want to know what the most uh, frightening part of the whole thing was what was that the gun it, when you pull the trigger on it and it deploys that little that little uh, that little metal clip that goes on the outside of your of your prostate. It sounds like a cap gun. Going <laughs> you kind of jump off the table a little bit. <laughs> and but uh, so here's how it works. Okay, first of all, and I know this may sound a little difficult for people who aren't medical, but we take xylocaine in a jelly form, and we. Uh, with with not with a needle, but just with the blunt nose of the syringe, we squeeze it gently into the urethra of the of the penis. Okay, and so it goes in and it numbs up your your urethra all the way up to your prostate, and then the technician rolls you over. Now, if you're a virgin, this might be a little bit difficult for you, but I've had this done a couple of times looking at my prostate. It's a, a an ultrasound probe that goes up your rectum. And uh, with that, you can image the prostate gland. And she's also got the ability, this has little ports on it, where you can put a needle into the prostate and you can inject some more Novocaine, Xylocaine, numbing medicine into the prostate. And it really doesn't hurt. You know, it's maybe like a little pinch. And so by the time they get ready to do the procedure, your prostate is numb. Your urethra is numb and you really don't feel anything. All you feel is the pressure and all you hear is the gun going off. And you're wondering, oh, my God, are they going to put a hole in my bladder with this or what? <laughs> it is too cool. It has the least side effects of any of the procedures that are out there, including the, the transurethral prostatic resection, 
the uh, steam treatment, the heat treatments, all the different treatments that have been developed, this so far has the least side effects. So it is a really cool procedure. And one of the main side effects is going to be, uh, or the main side effects, I should say, are going to be uh, bleeding, which can be controlled with uh, leaving a catheter for a few days, swelling, and then you can't pee. And so I had that yesterday, and, and I called the urologist, and I said, hey, I can't pee. Can I put a catheter in? He said, yeah, put a Foley in. So the wife and I had some fun, you know, putting, <laughs> putting a Foley in the damn thing. She hadn't paid that much attention to that bad boy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Any rate, so, All right, Doc. <laughs> so, so I'm strapped to a, a leg bag, and I got the Foley in place, but I feel a, a lot better. They give you pain medication. Uh, you, you get on some antibiotics so you don't get an infection because, of course, you're putting a needle through through an organ that is notorious for getting infected. And so this is a really good procedure. And uh, if you're having problems with with uh, benign prostatic hypertrophy and all of the uh, symptoms that go along with it, uh, and these are things like hesitancy where you have a hard time getting started, decrease in your stream, uh, dribbling, uh, getting up in the middle of the night repeatedly to go to the bathroom. All these things are signs and symptoms of uh, prostatic enlargement. It can also be uh, uh, symptoms of a prostate infection, so you need to see your urologist and uh, get that worked up. And the workups are pretty simple. They're pretty simple. So if you have questions about that, you can give us a call at 877 877- Nine six nine eighty six hundred eight seven seven nine six nine eighty six hundred, and tell Ken you have a real deep burning interest in the prostate. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm doubled over in pain just listening to you, Doc. I uh, know, yeah. Everybody's cringing. You know, I can right. see. I can see ten thousand people squeezing their legs. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I need a break. I don't know about you, but I got to take a break after that. I'm telling you, man, it, it, well, it's almost 930, so why don't we grab a cup of Joe, everybody? <laughs> don't forget to empty your bladder while you're out. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. <laughs> <laughs> Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411, 727 727- Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. 
When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. Did you know that Big Lou can vaccinate your entire estate from the virus known as Uncle Sam? That's right. Big Lou and Term Provider have the only single-dose solution in town, a $1 million term life insurance policy. Yep, a $1 million term life insurance policy with no side effects. One call to Big Lou can lead to an entire estate vaccination that will provide 100% guaranteed protection against estate taxes and debt, even if you are a bit porky or have a splash of sugar diabetes. In fact, a 50-year-old male may qualify for half a million dollars of coverage for less than 100 bucks per month, a million for less than 200 per month. Call Big Lou at Term Provider to get the service and price you deserve with zero side effects. Call 800-555-2085 right now. 800-555-2085. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He follows the science too. Call 800-555-2085 or visit BigLou.com. Big Lou doesn't give tax advice. Seize your window of opportunity and join our growing team. Dominic's Blinds and Decor is in need of new sales consultants and installers. Experience is preferred, but we are willing to train the right candidate. If this is what you're looking for, contact Dominic's Blinds and Decor today. Apply online under careers at www.dominicsblinds.com or call 941-922-2345. AM 860, The Answer. Online at com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Cloudy today with a thunderstorm as tropical rainstorm Fred goes by with a high of 84. Plenty of clouds tonight with a thunderstorm and a low 77. Tomorrow, breezy in the morning, otherwise cloudy with a thunderstorm and a high of 88. Plan with confidence. Download the redesigned AccuWeather app today. That's your Accu Weather Forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. And we're back. This is Dr. Bill. We've had a, a good first half with Captain Matt joining us. We appreciate that. And and uh, Sharon and Gary texted me and said we're looking good on Facebook and YouTube. And by the way, I've changed the picture on Facebook and YouTube. I had the... Uh, the gun and the little device uh, for the Eurolift, and now I've got a picture of the prostate <clears throat> and uh, the before and after pictures there. So uh, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you can get an idea. The prostate looks kind of like a an apple or a pear that's straddling the urethra, 
and you can see how there's a very narrow opening before and then after the Eurolift procedure, it's wider open. And I got to tell you about this nitinol. The, uh, the components used in the needle are uh, uh, nickel and titanium alloy, and it's named for nickel, N-I, titanium, and NOL from the Naval Ordnance Laboratory. So I guess they were developing this thing as some kind of a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds painful. But well, yeah, but now it's found use in opening wine bottles uh, without uncorking them, yeah. and opening up uh, urethras without uncorking the prostate. <laughs> I just, I, so I think it's a great thing, uh, but I'm not going to beat that up anymore. You got the idea. Well, we'll give you a week to heal, and then we'll talk to you about it next week how it turned out. Yeah, I'm going to leave the foley in until Monday or Tuesday and let the swelling go down. Uh, apparently, I was one of those people who had that complication. But I think I probably had a little infection of the prostate. The surgeon said there was a little bit of uh, infection uh, present when he went in there and took a look before he put the clip in or after he put it in or whatever he did. So, And the prostate problem is not, nothing to laugh at. We're having some fun here, but um, they're pretty serious if you've got yeah. one. And, and you know what? You you may not realize this, but prostate cancer is the number one male cancer. Now, it's not the number one killer, and a lot of us will die, uh, will, you know, will we'll die from something other than prostate cancer. But a few people that get a bad case of it, oh, it's a sad disease. Now, we're getting better at treating it, Ken. We're getting a lot better, and we're keeping people alive a lot longer. There's new therapies out there. But uh, if you're having problems, I'll go over this again, and then we'll move on. Urinary frequency, uh, urgency, nighttime, getting up, hesitancy, uh, incomplete bladder emptying, feeling like you still got uh, urine in your bladder, straining, you know, pushing to go, uh, decreased force of stream, dribbling, dribbling on your feet. That's a bad one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. That's one you don't want. (laughs) Then you got to go change your shoes and your socks, and the wife yells at you. It's well, at sixty-two, Doc, I got to tell you, everything else on me is broken, but the I, the uh, it looks pretty good on me. I think I, I've got no problems there. Well, we'll take a look. I mean, you know, we can we can stick a scope up there and look around. No, 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 not, not necessarily. No, <laughs> like I said, no problems, no reason to go poking around. All right, so. As the as the captain pointed out, the Taliban are now in Kabul, the capital, and they're marching towards the uh, capital building. They're going to take it over, and we're sending in troops uh, 20 years, and Biden's saying, oh, this is not not another Vietnam. We're not going to be lifting people off of the roofs of buildings. Well, they don't have many buildings there, so it's, a, you know, quite a different story, but it's basically the same thing. Uh, and even Nancy Pelosi wants to know what's going on. I don't know why. I guess there might be some money in it for her. Maybe she's going to buy some real estate in Kabul and, and speculate. Is this a good? Let me ask you: Is this a good idea for the Chinese to start getting involved with these people? I mean, the the Russians failed. Obviously, we're we're leaving. Here's, here's the problem with China: they're under attack from one of the uh, terrorist groups uh, that are aligned with the Taliban. I don't think it's Al-Qaeda. It's a, it's like an MIPB or something like that. I can't remember the exact initials. And they've been attacking the western province of uh, Xinjiang uh, off and on for decades. And, of course, that's a it's a big border. You know, it's a China's huge border, got a huge border because they've only got ocean on one side on their eastern border. And, uh, you know, we've got ocean on two sides and we've only got two neighbors to speak of. 
we've got Canada and Mexico. They've got, I don't know, what, 10 or 15 neighbors all around them that abut their border. Oh, well, uh, sure. Yeah. And so they, you know, they're, I mean, you can understand their paranoia and also their desire to control their, their region and their destiny. So they, I, I, I think they're going to do their best to, uh, to make peace with the Taliban and try to work with them. But nobody's really been able to do that. Now, have they? And remember, they've got their Belt and Road Initiative, which they would like to take through uh, Afghanistan. It would certainly be a shorter course to go through southern Afghanistan uh, once you get over the Hindukush Mountains uh, and you're in pretty flat land. You can go through Iran and get to the Middle East and all the way to the Mediterranean. And get to the oil fields of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they they won't be able to do that. They're going to have to go up through Tajikistan and Uzbekistan and Russia and and go to Moscow and then come back down. That that puts a big crimp on their uh, on their plan. You know, f- following the old Silk Road would be a lot easier, and that's a tried and true road. So they do have a lot of problems coming up, and you can understand their paranoia. And they're frankly, they're they're disappointed that we have pulled out. We were saving them a lot of headache. Really? Okay. We were saving them a lot of headache because we were keeping uh, we were keeping these terrorists in check in uh, oh. in northeastern Afghanistan. You know that that little that little corridor there of Afghanistan, uh, north northern Pakistan. I think it's Tajikistan and. Uh, Russia and China, they all come together right there. It's a pretty tight little area. And one little piece of, of Afghanistan actually touches the border of China. It's called a national park, but I <laughs> there's more than just wild animals in there. But I don't know. I'm just, a, I'm just a dumb boy. I don't know much of anything here. Well, we'll see what they can do with this place. Uh, should we have stayed longer in Vietnam? Uh, Vietnam, you know, my opinion on Vietnam has always has always been we could have won Vietnam if we were treated it like World War Two. Of course, we, we just go in with four million guys. We could have won in three months. All exactly. Bomb Hanoi flat, bomb the supply lines coming down through Cambodia, which uh, Nixon did to try to bring them to the peace table, and it worked. And he bombed Saigon, uh, I mean Hanoi, and that worked. But if you had just bombed them flat, it would have been all over. I mean, it was just ridiculous. We're afraid of China coming in. Put some nuclears on the border and tell them you come across the border, we'll nuke you. Big deal. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, we just gave up. I mean, we didn't lose that war. We just didn't want to fight it. It's 10 to 1, Ken. For every American that died, you know, we had 50,000 deaths, and the North Vietnamese had 500,000 deaths. 500,000. We never lost a battle in Vietnam. We never lost a battle. And, and that that freaking idiot Walter Cronkite made it sound like we lost the Tet Offensive. That was a lie. That was nothing but a lie. It was a poorly run war. And uh, if, 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 the, if the brass had just gotten out of the way and uh, let the field commanders take over, we would have won it. It would, it would have gone. It would have been over. There were so many stupid constraints. They were bombing the same bridge over and over again. Yeah. Why, why bother? Go bomb the, cut the head off the serpent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, come on. That's what we did in, in, uh, in uh, all of our other wars. We didn't walk away from the, uh, I mean, we may not have actually out and out won the war of 1811, 1812, but you know what? 
we made a point with the British, and the country thought we won, and the peace treaty was, at least on paper, pretty good. And uh, the Civil War, whether you were uh, for or against the South, the North won it. It was, an, uh, it was a war. Sherman marched to the sea. That's right. And, and, and you know where the you know where the Nazis got their marching through through uh, Russia from their strategy when the when the Americans uh, and the historians uh, questioned the generals they said well from Sherman they studied <laughs> Sherman's tactics and we won World War One by going in and solidly defeating Germany they were in shambles we won World War Two the same way with both Germany and Japan. Uh, we walked away in Korea when we were really in a position to take the whole peninsula. And what we did there is nothing short of criminal. North Koreans have suffered immeasurably, Ken, immeasurably. And I know because I'm married to a South Korean, and I've talked to people who have uh, experienced the horrors of North Korea. It's just uh, we are being remiss. We are being irresponsible, and we're sending the wrong message to the world that, once again, we're walking away from something that we had under control. It's, it's ever since the age of nuclear weapons. This has been our pattern. Oh, come on. We're not going to die from nuclear holocaust or nuclear waste. We're but, gonna... yeah, but the, the upper echelon is always so afraid of that. The White House is always so afraid of that that they well, don't go too far. They're know? afraid of the press. The press are the ones who are playing this up. We don't want nuclear energy. That's toxic. You know what's more toxic? Hydrocarbon waste, carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, lead. You know what else is more dangerous? The, the uh, hydrocarbon, because basically that's what we're made out of is carbon. Guess what else is made out of carbon? Viruses. <laughs> so, so we've harnessed and uh, we've manipulated these viruses in the lab and some janitor kicked over a bucket that had some, some virus, uh, some coronavirus in it and carried it out and all of a sudden it's all over the world. We're not going to die from nuclear weapons and nuclear fallout. We're going to die from our own stupidity. There's going to be a little bug that's going to take us out. It, it is. Yeah. It probably is. I mean, you know, it probably is. We're, and I've been saying this since I was in college. We're not going to die from nuclear waste. We're not going to die from radiation. I work around radiation all day, every day. I do nuclear studies. I'm in the x-ray room. I'm around radioactive material. Give me a break. I feel better than I ever have. Well, we've had well, nuclear power for, what, 50 years, and we've had, what, one incident at Three Mile Island, and that was contained. I mean, it wasn't even really an incident as badly as, uh, say, a Chernobyl. Ken, nobody died at Three Mile Island. You know how many people died at Fukushima? How many? Just, just a handful. The, 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 the guys got, who went in there, right, pretty much. Yeah, that were in there, and the, the, the tsunami washed them away. Yeah. You know how many people died at, at Chernobyl? That I don't at know. 54. You know what they were doing? They were going in and fighting the fire, trying mm. to contain the, uh, the nuclear reactor. Yeah, All so, of, so this, this opposition to nuclear energy is ridiculous. It really is. It's just, it's just childish. It's, it's the press. It's ignorance. It's almost as ignorant as what I'm hearing. And I hear this not only on the liberal, but also in the conservative press. They don't know what they're talking about when it comes to the coronavirus. And the people that are, quote, quote, experts talking, half of them don't know what they're talking about. 
I, I got a neighbor. He said, oh, you got to go and listen to what John Hopkins has to say. I've had a couple come in and tell me, and they're, they're very uh, compulsive about studying all of this. Nice people, and they're, they're my patients. And they came in and they said, Dr. Handelman, we have been to lectures at John Hopkins. We've been to lectures down in Houston at the big medical center there, out to San Francisco and there. Said, you have been ahead of this and know more about this than anybody we've heard. And, I, you know, but how do you get it through to people? I, Ken, I need a larger audience. Maybe Captain Matt will put We need a bigger out. transmitter, you know, just... We've been pounding him over the head with it for how long now? What? We started yelling about this last March, right? I mean, oh, we were absolutely. As soon as you heard about it, you were on. The, you were telling, mask up, everybody. Yeah, I, I remember in February we started looking. I, I looked at this in January. We started talking about it in February. And by March, I was yelling mask. And uh, Fauci was saying, oh, well, we won't have a vaccine for two to three years. And I was saying, we'll have a vaccine in the fall. Guess what? I got my first shot. Before winter, one day before winter, I got it on December twentieth. You know when winter starts? Twenty first, December twenty first. That's right. So, I, <laughs> so there, Fauci. Yeah, snob. I mean, you have been ahead of this all the way. That's why and, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to be wouldn't want to be your patient. Well, that's why I, I, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to listen to my show. Plus, I'm so pretty. I mean, you well, can see. On Facebook, and right behind me, I've got a prostate gland. So. That's, that's undeniable. Is that your prostate we're seeing up there? Uh, no, it's a cartoon. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> it was fashioned after mine, I think. <laughs> but really, call this guy. If you're looking for a doctor, give him the number, Doc. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. So we've got uh, The Guardian talking about what's going on. And uh, the Asian Times, guess what the headlines were in the Asian Times this week? What America won its wars. Now it just leaves them. This is the Asian Times newspaper. <laughs> U.S. used to finish, this, this is right out of the paper, quote, U.S. used to finish its wars decisively with the complete surrender of enemy forces and a sense of total victory. No longer. You know what? The Germans wanted, an uncondition, wanted a conditional surrender, and we said no. We said no. Japan, too. And the Japanese did, too. The only concession we made to the Japanese because of MacArthur's intervention was that we would leave the emperor in power. But the the caveat to that was that the emperor would have to step down and go and meet the people and let them see that he was not a god, that he was just a man. And he did that. Did you know that? He went around and he made the rounds around the country and he gave public speeches. And people saw this diminutive little guy with glasses on who was just like them. And they said, he's not a god. You know hey. what? He's just a man. <laughs> we got a phone call, Doc. Would you like to talk to Ben in Tampa? Ben, come on, buddy. What you got for me? Hey, man, you're my hero. I want you to know that. Oh, I ben. listen to you religiously every Sunday, and you and Ken are a team. And you cover stuff that you never hear about anywhere else. And of course, I'm an old guy, retired Navy, blah, blah, blah. I'm 89 years old. I can't see very well. And I listen because I don't have access to enough stuff. I can't, I can't see the, uh, the internet well enough on the, on the laptop. So, uh, I'm calling to tell you that 
I listen to you every week, whenever I, whenever possible, and I look forward to it so much. And I wish to heaven that more people would be aware of your show, and they would uh, learn a, a whole lot about a lot of things. Thank you very much, Doc. Thank you. you. Have a great you know, day. You know what you can do is you call Captain Matt. He, he's got it. What time does this show start? Can't start. You got to be up in the morning. Two in the morning. Two in the morning. I you know, probably I call him and pre, pre-record you and let him know what great things we're doing here at the station and how much you love uh, Ken and I, or Ken and me. Love Ken and me. Yeah, we're the object here. And we appreciate it, man. I mean, you know, that makes me feel really good because I say to Ken a lot of times, I wonder if anybody's listening. Ken says, oh, believe me, Doc, they're listening. They're out there, Doc. <laughs> and and, and, well, and Ben, you're living proof. I appreciate you, and I love you, guy. Thank you. Well, I just figured I needed to chime in to let you know that at least there's one. And by and, the way, I just wanted you to know regarding the prostate, I wanted to marry a nympho with a liquor store, but it didn't work out, darn it. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, guys. You're welcome. Now, that, don't don't let Barb hear that, Ken, or we're off the <laughs> All air. Right. Well, now. <laughs> All right, that's an old Navy guy. I bet he's got a couple of good tattoos he can show uh, us. Let's get him another meeting tomorrow. <laughs> All right, um, yeah. <laughs> what else? What else we got today, Doc? Let's get off the prostate. Yeah, let's get off the prostate. <laughs> uh, uh, so here's the other thing too: is is China going to bail out Biden? I mean, you know, with all this inflation, and you know, we've got more inflation coming. You know why? Because they're shutting down ports in China. They're shutting down the container uh, ports because of the uh, flare-up in the Delta virus. So this is holding up. The, the Ningbo uh, port is shut down temporarily, and we think there's going to be other ports shut down and around the world. Okay, so kids need pencils for school and paper, right? Where do you think it comes from? Well, the paper we probably make. The pencils, uh, the ballpoint pens, uh, mugs, plates. All the accoutrements that go into the lunchroom, paper bags. Where do you think this is all made now? Yeah. It's all made. Yeah, I mean, so what are we going to do? And so as we have a decrease influx of goods from China and from other parts of the world, uh, Korea, they're also a big exporter of goods to our country. What's going to happen to the price? You're all going to go up there. It's going up because there's going to be more competition. And there's going to be less stuff on the shelves. And so the, the, the retailers are going to say, look, i got to make a living here. And I don't have 100 cans of baked beans. I only have 20. So I'm going to have to jack the price up or I'm not going to be able to keep the store open. So we got a mess going on. Will the Chinese bail us out? Will they? No. I don't know. I don't you think know. so. Why would they? Why should they? Because we buy so much of their goods, their economy is dependent upon our economy. You know, we're kind of we kind of got each other by the short hairs walking down the street uh, gingerly, and you know we talk tough and say, "Yeah, I'm going to beat the crap out of you." No, you're not. I'm going to beat you. But at the end of the day, if there's no commerce, if there's no interaction between us, two economies are going to go kapook, kaplunk. Yeah. Well, I, I thought the tariffs are still kind of a sticking point out there with them. Well, I think that those are going to. I think I think Biden's going to drop those. I think they're probably negotiating to drop those, and uh, the withdrawal of uh, some of the uh, ships from the South China Sea. And there's probably some 
some shenanigans going on behind uh, the scenes. And Nancy Pelosi and her husband are probably selling real estate to every wealthy uh, Chinese tech mogul that's trying to get his ass out of there before they lock him up. So I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And, and I don't know uh, how this is all going to pan out, but you got to remember if, if China, if the import of Chinese goods dries up and we have to manufacture and we have to ramp up and do it ourselves, the cost is going to go up. The cost is going to go way up and it's not going to happen overnight, Ken. It's not like you can build a factory. You know, in China, you can build a factory in, in 30 days. You can't do that here. You got unions, you got uh, all kinds of local and state and federal officials coming in. You got OSHA, you got electricians, you environmental, got dips, environmental studies, environmental impact fees and all that. I got to tell you, this friend of mine, he owns, uh, or he did own, his son has it now, Team Industrial. They cleaned the paint booths in the GM factories. That's how he started. And he has expanded it. And so he, now he does it, or his company does it for auto plants all over the world. And so he was over in China years ago negotiating a contract with him. And he's standing there in this office building looking out the window. And he's telling the Chinese uh, uh, officials, the uh, CEO and the CFO and all the people that were there with him, and they said, what do you need? He says, well, we're going to have to have a road from, from your main street, which is about a mile away, uh, to be able to get our trucks up here because we've got some heavy equipment. You know, they come in and clean the whole, the whole auto plant, not only the paint booths, but the production lines and everything now. And they said, okay. And he went home. He went to bed. He got up the next morning. There was a mile-long road built overnight. Wow! To handle, you know, twenty-ton trucks. Can you believe that? <laughs> That's amazing. We could I mean, never do that here. Never. You you couldn't even you couldn't even uh, get the bill passed in a night. You couldn't yeah. even get. You, it would take you months just to negotiate the bill. Then you'd have to have environmental impact. You'd have to have everybody else involved, the state, the federal government, and then you have to have your your impact study, your fees, your uh, your your demographics. You know, it used to take ten years. So if you applied for a new interstate highway that you want to put through like a spur 275 off of 75 through Tampa, down through St. Petersburg, and hook back up with 75 south of the bridge. You know, it would take you 10 years, 10 years to start it. And you'd have to give your demographic projections, which obviously were wrong. <laughs> you know, and so all of a sudden, you're you know, 10 years later, you're building a, high, a super highway that's meant for a million people, and you got 3 million people. Yeah, infrastructure is always going to be late when you got those kinds of regulations to follow. This country, it is a nightmare. And the, one of the great things Trump did is he narrow, he he squashed that ten year down to two years, and uh, to get these projects through. And uh, I don't, I don't think the Biden administration is going to undo that. But we're paying several hundred billion a year just in interest on our thirty trillion dollar debt, and uh, inflation's going up. And even the Feds are starting to to uh, get worried about this, Ken. So it's it's a big mess. And I think that we're going to have to have a real real come to Jesus, a real reconciliation uh, of, of uh, what the Democrats are doing. And it's going to come back to haunt them. I hope you're right. I hope we get both the House and the Senate. Uh, but, but eventually, you know, sometimes you just got to fight. You just got to put on the, the gloves and duke it out. 
Let's hope not. All right. Well, we're getting near the end, Ken. Call me, I'm Dr. Bill, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Let's get a little music. I'm getting out of here, man. I am hot. I am sweating here. I've been working my butt off. Radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Can Care Clinic.